After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got to go. Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go. We are kicking. Watch the blue. There we go. Yeah, baby. Hey, you got the power play. Get out of here. Hey. 36, right here for the rock. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Hey, hey. We're not doing this. I don't want to babysit all night. A little bit of nastiness today. Huh? Nothing good's coming out of this, big man. Have you seen this before? Yes, it's rule something, point something. He's not putting a stick in you. You keep your stick out of him. Here we go. Let's roll, boys. Let's go. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go. After further review, it's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Here's your hosts, Todd Lewis and Josh Smith. When you're ready, big guy. All right, guys, let's drop the puck. So, Josh, I said this last week. And you came in and you played the role of therapist. You kind of talked me in off the ledge because the American Hockey League final was still going on. Teams were still playing. But now it's really over, isn't it? It's over. It's over. It took game seven. It took overtime. I mean, the AHL was really stretching out this hockey season as far as they possibly could into a game seven overtime, everything on the table based on who scores the next goal. So an exciting way to end the professional hockey season in North America. But yes, Todd, it is finally over. And I know that there are some that say, well, you go into June and it's too far into June. But every year we get to the point where the season ends and everybody immediately suffers withdrawal. So I don't know what the solution <laughs> is. Hey, you've, you've got to have some summer hockey. I know the three ice league is trying to uh, keep yes. things going with that three on three action. For me, I'd, I I want to be outdoors. I want to be enjoying the good weather. So I think it's time for a return of pro beach hockey from the nineties <laughs> with the ramps at each side outdoors in California. It was absolute madness. It was the craziest ludicrous hockey, which had its own set of rules and its own set of gameplay style. And if you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube because it was a, a fascinating take on hockey. But maybe that's what we need is something a little outside the box or arena or off ice to keep us going over the summer. Just to get us over that couple of months into the fall when you get to training camps and stuff. Well, we'll, we'll be around. There's news that will come up and we'll we'll talk about some rule ideas and hopefully have a few guests as well. This is the Scouting the Refs podcast. Please make sure you follow us on the social channels. Josh has all kinds of cool stuff at Scouting the Refs on Twitter and Instagram. You get me on Twitter and Instagram at Todd Lewis Sports. On this week's episode, the American Hockey League crowns a champion, the Hockey Hall of Fame names names, NHL awards, NHL entry draft. There's a board of governors meeting that's taken place. And I have come up with another, I don't want to say crazy, but it's a little outside the box thinking rule suggestion. Are you up for another one? Absolutely. This is the time when when we can think a little bit out there and come up with what might work, because then you get the opportunity of the, the summer leagues or the training camps to try these things out. So, yeah, let's let's throw it out there. Let's see what happens. OK, we'll get to that a little bit later. We should congratulate formally the Hershey Bears for winning the Calder Cup. Seven games overtime, as you mentioned, for Coachella and I noticed kind of looking over the the game summaries and stuff that there were penalties called during the games and not just during the games, but during the the overtime periods as well. In game five, which was a one nothing overtime win, Coachella took two hooking penalties in overtime. There was a penalty in the game seven overtime. So clearly the whistles were still in working order. Yeah, we saw quite a few penalties, like you mentioned, throughout the games and in overtime. And 
if either team had been a little bit stronger in the power play, I, I think it may have made a bigger difference in the series. But nice to see the calls being made. Congrats on the crew that worked Game 7. All NHL, AHL guys, Carter Sandlack, Brandon Schrader, Ryan Jackson, Joe Mayen on the lines. Ryan Jackson, obviously the son of longtime NHL referee Dave Jackson. So an honor for those four to be selected. And to me, Todd, you, you look at the guys that get picked to work the game seven and there's there's your leaders in the clubhouse for who might be getting tapped for a promotion to the NHL level. We do have one opening. Mark Jeanette retired at the end of the season. So if they're looking for a referee, you'd have to think that Carter Sandlack, Brandon Schrader would be the, the guys they might be leaning towards because who better than the ones you pick to work game seven of your championship series? Well, funny you should mention that, that there is an opening and there is an opportunity to, to bring someone up to a full-time position. So here's an idea that occurred to me. We've got the NHL entry draft that is coming up. Other leagues maybe want to consider this. I think it's a great idea for the National Hockey League. With the draft coming up, what they should be doing is showcasing the officials who will be drafted up to the pro ranks from the minor league. So the NHL, I don't know if they make the first selection. Maybe you put it at the end of round one. Maybe it kicks off day two. I don't know. But I think they should draft the officials. Maybe have the guys come up, put on the stripes and everything. It'd be cool. That would be awesome. Let's have them come up there and... Uh... You've got to promote somebody, so why not make a spectacle out of it? I think it's it's a great idea. It's a lot of fun, and I, I think the guys would appreciate it because as an official, it's one of those moments that you're hoping as a as a former player, which all of these guys really are, you dream of getting drafted. You dream of that moment to go up there. So, you know, why not just adapt that a little bit, make it the promotion ceremony? You know, we can do it either during the first round at some point, maybe to kick off the draft of saying that we have two slots open for NHL officiating opportunities. And from the AHL, the National Hockey League <laughs> officials select whoever it's going to be. So I think that's a lot of fun. It's it's pretty cool. It's an exciting way to do it instead of just having that news trickle out. And it, it gives the officials a moment. I mean, let's recognize and celebrate these guys. I know Fans get frustrated. They don't want officials making the game about them, but it's worth recognizing them, especially something like the draft where you can take a moment. You can you can give this guy a shout out and congratulate him on his promotion. Fans could get into it. They could, you know, get get the refs used to the NHL environment with an arena full of people <laughs> booing them as well as the commissioner. I mean, I could see this really being a fun thing that the league could get into. Hey, you know what? Batman has bought into the booze, so uh, why not? Maybe you just you have to have that 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 villain arc. You have to be the bad guy once in a while. So maybe they just lean into it. And don't forget, because even if they don't do this for the officials. We do have 10 current NHL referees or linesmen that have been selected in the NHL entry draft. So of all the draft picks that are going to happen, there may potentially be a future referee or linesman in that list that might not know it yet. Mm, that's intriguing. That's intriguing. Okay, the, the, the NHL entry draft, that's one way we could recognize the officials. The other moment that is coming up are the NHL awards. They'll be, they'll be handed out as well. There is no award for the top referee, the top official. They should have like a golden whistle that they get. Other leagues, we've seen great speeches from from is it the European or the or the Russian leagues that do that with the pot with the officials? I think it would be great. You got to come up with a name for the award. My first thought is the coho. I think that would be Whoa. work, huh? Don't you think? Oh, that's a that's a fun one. Yeah, we can yeah. Uh, we can honor the guys. I think having the the trophy out there. I mean, I think the. Uh, 
I'd like to go for the NHL's top referee. I'd like to give the the big whistle, the the Bill Chadwick Award would would probably be. Oh, there my you pick. go. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. I like that. But I think I, I think again recognizing the contribution to the game and it's not making the game about the officials but they do play an important role and should be recognized for what they do absolutely and we know that the league keeps tabs on everybody right they're keeping track of penalties called they're looking at situations of missed calls or or calls that may have gone differently they're grading all these guys they're putting the report cards together they get their mid-season grades they get constant check-ins with the officiating managers we know based on who got selected to work the Stanley Cup final, who the top five NHL referees potentially are. So why not just name that person? Name name your top referee. Name your top linesman of the year based on everything and how it all comes together because it is an honor. It's a, a lot of hard work, and it, I would say, deserves some recognition. I know they don't want to make it part of the game, but again, this is an opportunity to recognize all the hard work that has gone into it and, and all the contributions these guys have made and sacrificed to the game to try to be out there. We, without refs and linesmen, we're not having a game. And without having the best, despite what some folks might think, there's not this secret pool of better officials somewhere out there that's <laughs> untapped waiting to be selected. But with these guys, it's it's a lot of work, both mentally, physically, your commitment. I think it'd be nice to honor them. We see it happen at the lower levels. We see the WHL do it. We see the KHL do it. They, they're all kinds of leagues giving out recognition to the officials and it would be wonderful to see the nhl do it and put something positive out there when it comes to officiating here here the other league event that is taking place uh this one's not really open to the public and i guess you can understand why that's the board of governors meeting that's uh taking place no rule changes are on the agenda as as far as i know as mentioned i've got a another rule idea that we'll, we'll kick around a little bit later but is this the point do you think that the governors might talk about the talk about officiating that occurred and seems to occur every year during the Stanley Cup playoffs? There's always this, you know, you know, Twitter outrage and social media outrage and stuff. Is this an opportunity that they could maybe look at some ideas, some solutions to help make the job easier, make things run more smoothly, more effectively? Um, two words, puck tracking come to mind. Things like, are these the things that could be discussed, do you think, at the Board of Governors meeting? Uh, I mean, I'd have to imagine that that's always on the agenda for the Board of Governors because it always seems to keep coming back up of how can we make it better? And it's not a criticism of the officials. It's merely a discussion on looking at how either through technology, through rule changes, through other support systems, how can we make the officials' job easier? How can we get more calls right? And how can we improve the game? And I think you nailed, Todd, the, the number one answer for me is how can we use puck tracking to make that happen, to get rid of the goal reviews of whether or not the puck actually crossed the line and to know when it was deflected by a high stick, was that high stick more than four feet above the ice if it was directly in on a goal or was it above shoulder height if it was on a deflection prior to a goal? So I think all of those things to me would be that my focus, if I'm on the board of governors, I'm having this discussion is, hey, you guys bring out all this technology. How can we actually use it to fix the game? But it's absolutely part of the discussion. And I'm sure it'll come up around coaches' challenges. Which situations should we be challenging? Which types of infractions are we seeing more frequently that we want to crack down on? And player safety always comes up. You know, are we seeing hits that are legal that the Board of Governors thinks maybe we shouldn't consider these to be legal hits anymore? So I think you'll have those types of discussions. But like you said, there's really nothing on the table now for a rule change. But any rule change that we have, it, it will come out, whether it's this meeting or one of the later sessions of the Board of Governors when they get back together later this year, 
that's where this all starts and it kind of snowballs from there. So it's absolutely expected that officiating will once again be a topic for discussion. Because it always is a topic for discussion, as you said. Okay. Uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame has also announced their new class for this year. We send congratulations to Henrik Lundqvist, Mike Vernon, Tom Barrasso, and Pierre Turgeon, along with builders Ken Hitchcock, Pierre Lacroix, Caroline Boulette, uh, also elected to the Hall. Let's give shout-outs to Mark Mulvoy, who receives the Elmer Ferguson Award for Excellence in Journalism. And big congrats to my friend Dan Rusinowski, who's been the play-by-play radio voice of the San Jose Sharks since they arrived in San Jose. He receives the Foster Hewitt Award for Excellence in Broadcasting. Uh, a great recognition for all of these contributors to the game. But, you know, Josh, if a player skated in over 1,900 regular season games, was in more than 250 playoff games, including 12 Stanley Cup final appearances, a World Cup, and a Winter Olympics appearance, they have a pretty good case to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, don't you think? I think that's a pretty impressive resume, Todd. Well, there is such a skater, but he is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. That is because he wore stripes. His name is Kerry Fraser, and he also had the best hair in the game for two decades. <laughs> yes, uh, memorable, both in his style of officiating and his style of hair, which everybody knows and can be attributed to Paul Mitchell Friesenshine. So if you want to play the <laughs> Kerry Fraser hair game at home, just grab yourself a bottle of Paul Mitchell spray. You can you can do it up the the Kerry Fraser style there. But it's a shame to see a guy with that that type of resume, that type of background that is constantly not making it into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Not sure what's going on there. We have the slot that's available for referees and linesmen to go in. And to me, with with Kerry Fraser's background, it seems like he'd be a slam dunk for the Hockey Hall. I mean, one missed high stick can't derail your entire Hall of Fame career, can it? You wouldn't think, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's been a while, you know, we've had a few go in Bill McCreary, obviously well-deserved in 2014 was the most recent official inducted into the hall of fame. There are 16 referees and linesmen in there. Uh, race Campanello is another one. Andy Van Helleman, John D'Amico are some of the more recent ones that, that fans might recognize or remember watching out there on the ice, but yeah, it's been a while. And I, I think Fraser Fraser's do. It would seem that, he would be a, a logical choice. He's been retired and out of the game for a number of years. He's he's worked a bit as a, a television commentator uh, about the National Hockey League as a rules analyst. Still, Canadian networks don't have them, but that's, an, oh, that's another story <laughs> for another day. It, it just seems that there's there should be a way to better recognize, again, the contributions of officials who devote you know, 10, 20 years of their life to being out on the ice, uh, the travel, the rigors, and staying in shape to be able to do that. And only 16 officials in the Hall of Fame seems like that number might be a bit low. And I could easily think of a few, aside from from Kerry Fraser, that could and should go in. Uh, uh, Don Koharski would be one uh, who we could name the award after, but I, I kind of like the Bill Chadwick idea. That's, that's good too. Uh, Paul Dvorsky also recently retired and is another uh, good nominee, I think. Yeah, both with plenty of years under their belt. You look at linesmen like Brian Murphy or Kevin Collins, who were just institutions out there on the ice for decades. I mean, Brian Murphy recently retired. He'd been out there longer than any player, any other official. It's a lengthy career in the National Hockey League and a, a huge career for USA Hockey as well. So I think there's plenty of opportunity to recognize some of those guys that just the Hockey Hall or the 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 committee that votes on it just for whatever reason hasn't felt compelled to pull in another official. 
I guess we will continue to wait and see whether maybe they had the year of the goalie this year. Maybe they'll have the year of the referee one year. How would that be? There's been nobody in it for nine years now, so let's not make it 10. It's been, it'll be 10 years next year since McCreary's induction, so hopefully we can see another one. But if I had to pick, Todd, I, I'd, I don't know who I'd go next, and if I looked at the current officials, who do you think would be a good bid for the Hall of Fame? Obviously not now, but down the road. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the lineup right now, and does Wes McCauley eventually make the cut? I mean, is his dad, for all he contributed to hockey and to officiating, I think is, is another consideration there, even as a builder. But uh, Wes McCauley, Kelly Sutherland, anybody else you can see from the current lineup that you think might have a shot? Kelly Sutherland, absolutely. And yep. Wes McCauley, just for the speech. Come on. <laughs> just to make the Hall of Fame induction speech. Let's just, you know what? Whoever gets inducted, if it is one of the, the long retired guys, let's just get McCauley to make the induction speech. There you go. All right. I like that. Okay. I had an idea for a rule change last week. It involves sort of the goaltender. And so I got my brain working again and I've come up with another rule change. Last week, it was a little bit funky. This week, it also has to do with the goalie handling the puck. Last week, it was the goaltender on the power play had free reign to fire the puck up if the opposition iced the puck. So this week, I think we should think of this as the opposite. Much like the Seinfeld episode where George Costanza decides that every instinct he has is wrong and he should do the opposite. It goes well for a while and then, of course, goes wrong. But how about this? We do the opposite in terms of the goaltender. Instead of the goaltender only being allowed to play the puck inside the trapezoid, the goalie is only allowed to play the puck outside the trapezoid. <laughs> Oh man, you just you just want chaos. You just want to see the <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that would really make for some adventurous moments because I, I mean even if you took away the trapezoid, what ninety ninety five percent of the goalie touches would be in there. So how often are the goalies playing it outside of that, and how many goalies would be comfortable playing outside of that? You're going to feel the pressure to do so, right? As a goalie, you can't just let the puck sit there. So you're going to have some wandering goalies getting into the corners there, and heaven forbid the puck actually gets past you and into the trapezoid, you can't play it. You're going to, you're going to be scrambling back to the crease. Well, that's, that's going to be a fun moment for a goaltender there, a heart stopping one for a coach and the rest of the teammates, but the, uh, the inverted trapezoid. So no goalie contact within the trapezoid means uh, the forecheck is going to turn considerably more in the attacking team's favor, Todd. And if you want goals, I think you're going to get them. Think about how this would change the strategy entering the zone. If you dump the puck in, you're not firing it around the boards at 100 miles an hour anymore. You're trying to lay it up and so it lands behind the net. And everybody, instead of chasing around the boards, everybody is crashing the crease. So you're going to funnel players from both sides right into that. Oh, this will be fun. I, I'll just get the goaltender interference challenges ready. We're good, my book. Good stuff, man. Way to work. Yeah, we're good, man. Too long. Let's go sit for a couple. Get in the box. It's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Read more at scoutingtherefs.com. Follow Scouting the Refs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Scouting the Refs. Email the show at heyref at scoutingtherefs.com. Subscribe, share, and keep those sticks down. Okay. That's a nice lead on. That's good play.